Welcome, dear readers, to Cover My Ass, where baffling books are reviewed but not read by yours truly. My name is Kaki. And I'm Kay. And remember, we only judge a book by its cover. And today's book is The Price of Temptation by yes. M.J. Pearson. Yes, I'm very excited about today's book, but perhaps, perhaps a few small details need to be explained to the readers first. Obviously, we're very excited to be recording today on the deck of the Threegal 2, mm. which is what I'm calling it when, when these uh, vehicles that I made out of, just catching all the readers up on the unnecessary lore, that I made out of the IKEA bookcases of your library, a bicycle uh, and a canoe and the hang glider that's, that's serving as yes, a sail. with the... Uh Beautifully colourful feathers from uh, last year's molting season, yes. I believe. Yes, and I'm going to use this to to brave the complex and diverse landscape of your your truly wondrous library, of which I've explored only a tiny, tiny fraction, mm-hmm. in search of the Velibraptors and their uh, uh, possible breeding ground. So, ha- how's how's your week been in the meantime? Oh, I've just been doing library things, uh, ca- catching up on a bit of cataloguing and doing some light reading by the fireplace, so, uh, you know, and like getting disturbed by lots of hammering and <sighs> drilling. I don't know. Where did you find a power drill? Who's to say? But obviously, as a junior librarian, I know the silence is a requirement of the library, but it, yes. it can't be helped. It's, 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 it's interesting, of course, that we have such very different ideas of uh, library things, because... Yeah. Well, Mine seems to be more like, I mean, honestly, I'm more jackets. of a zookeeper. I never had that problem before you arrived here, so... I'm very excited to discover more uh, about the library. So we're doing a quick recording, and then I'll be setting off. And the uh, uh, and the next time that we speak, it will hopefully be mid-journey. Mm-hmm. Look to westward. Is that a reference to something? It's the title of a book. You'd expect me as a librarian to, to know that, but only a junior librarian. So it might be in a section that I haven't discovered yet. Yeah. Hey, well, I'm really looking forward to reading mm. it then. On the, in, the, in, in the course of my journey, as Kaki, the the, the Explorer. If it goes missing, I'll know where it is. That's not how missing works, Kay. Okay, if it's not on the shelf where it's See, supposed to be. Yeah, okay, and, that's more, that's more like it. it's not being properly checked out, I mean, <laughs> then I just assume you have it. That's a safe assumption to and make. If you come across one of my four copies of Starship Troopers, then you know, pick that up and we'll put that back with the others if you could. Uh, do they go wandering, these books? So I tend to loan them out to people and then, well, you know what they say, never loan a book that you don't expect. Yes. Which is a bit weird if you own a library. A library. Yeah, I love those wandering books. I've never encountered one, but the the idea is that you just leave it for someone, and they and and, and you can uh, you can print out like a sticker to put on the on the front that says, oh, yeah. "Hello, I am a book, and I'm free. I was left here for you by such and such, and 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 here and here. Please enjoy it and leave it somewhere else for someone else to find it. You can leave your 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 name or the place where you left it, oh. and you can just see like what kind of journey that that has had. And it's yes, uh, near my parents' place, there is a old phone booth. Which is a little public library uh, type thing oh. where it's just like there's just like just like books, a book it's, exchange, yeah, book exchange, and it's just like an old phone booth, uh, you know, the one of those green triangular ones that we have over here. Yeah, that uh, nobody uses. That's been converted to a little uh, a little book exchange. To yes. literature. That's lovely. Uh, so the other thing that we need to talk about is that this is a very special episode. Oh. In the illustrious history of this podcast, now 49 episodes, every single one of them has been rated explicit for one reason or another. Right. Either wordy dirt or some, some, some challenging material or a, a perhaps an off-color joke or just playing it safe. But I think this time we've landed on a book and that is the, the, the price of temptation that we can describe in a, in a parental guidance but family friendly uh, manner. Right. Does that mean we're allowed one F-bomb? I think I think actually no. Oh. I think we'll have none of that. All right. 
Unless perhaps it's very funny, and then we'll look up the rules and just, <laughs> and we'll and see. If we'll we just see. Yes. Well, I think we could. I mean, it's like innocent enough. Exactly, exactly. Because describing the cover in just a moment of uh, A Price of Temptation, and if you uh, look down at your podcasting device, you should should be seeing the cover of today's book. And otherwise, you can check the show notes for the image and a link. And and, and we've got two two fancy young gentlemen who are obviously the very best of friends. And, and perhaps you'd care to read the synopsis on the back cover. Ah, yes. A very special friendship blossoms between two young men from different worlds. One, a dashing rooster tamer whose wild independence threatens its inheritance of his mother's nut butter fortune, and the other a simple butter churner from a low-born family of pipe cleaners who dreams of becoming a theatre backstage hand. See, I, I, I was immediately charmed by this because it's such a sweet setup for a for a story of a where wholesome, exactly. Victorian-esque. I think it's. I mean, it's- I don't fully know the difference between like Edwardian and Elizabethan and Victorian and Georgian. It depends like, dress on the and style and architecture. Ro- uh, no, it depends on the ruler at the on time. The, no, obviously, but. I I don't remember which order they went in, and I also don't remember which styles uh, to associate with them, except I think Victorian is where we got our... Victorian is when Cats plays, because one of the Cats has been around since before Victoria reigned. So Victorian is, I think, believe... Like, oh, the musical Cats. Yeah, like, yes. Like Not when Mason. Cats were invented, no, no, because I'm sure the Egyptians were yes. like, now they're ours. Yes, Mao. You know, that's like what <laughs> Cats are called in Egyptian. It's, yes. a, it's called a Mao. Yes. Like, it just happens in, like, ancient Egypt, and it's like guy standing there by the Nile, and this cat comes wandering up, and the guy goes like, oh, what are you then? And the cat goes, Mao. Oh, okay. Do you see that thing by the river? Yeah, what's it called? It's a, the, the thing, you know what I mean, with the, with the, the whiskers and the tails. The one that went Mao. Mao, Mao. Oh, oh, yeah, yes. that one. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I think that uh, Edwardian is after Victorian, uh, because I think Edward was... Wasn't Edward Elizabeth's father? See, I, I, I just don't know. I know Victorian because that's where we get our suits from. Because oh, if yes. I'm not mistaken, like that's the, that's the era when like mass manufacture started to become possible, and then... Whatever happened to be the the haute couture style at the time, with the with the lapels and the, yeah. and the jackets and the and the and the shirt collars that we know now, and the type of tie that we know now, yes. that was the fashion at the time, and that became the aspirational fashion that was mass manufactured to the middle class. I read a story about that a while ago about some person who completely dominated. Bo Brummel. That's the one. Yes. Yes, and for better or worse, reviled by some. Yeah, he was the prototypical dandy. Yes, and he imposed his style of suit in which we are still suffering. It's a, it's a terrible restriction of imagination. I mean, you had lots yes. of different styles of, of collar and even necktie. Oh, collars still vary in styles. You know, you, the, the, the size of the, what do you call the lapels? The lapels, the lapels yes. They, they vary. They, you can get them wide, you can get them narrow, and that, that, that kind of varies with fashion. But that's just such a tiny thing. There were many different styles of collar. There were, there were upstanding collars that oh. had the, the wings that we nowadays right. only use with, uh, with bow ties. Yes, it seems so limiting for men to be... Uh, Restricted to that, like, I mean, that's your suit and that's what you're supposed to wear if you're in business or if you're going to yes, a formal occasion. exactly. And that's it. There used to be all sorts of different styles. Like, I'm fond of the open-collar shirt. Like, I like a shirt. Yes. It, it, it sits well and it's and it's very comfortable, but I don't like my neck constricted too much. So I like the open-collar shirt and, like, pair that with a cravat, which is like a, a sort of little a little scarf that you wear yes. under your open collar. That's, that's very comfortable. It still mm. keeps your neck warm. Also, a multitude of hats. Speaking of uh, collar styles, 
Uh-huh. I think we have our. Uh, <laughs> yes, well, we should describe. We should describe this. I'm. I'm really enjoying this. This front this wholesome uh, discussion. Banter. Yes, absolutely. Yes. No, exactly. So yeah, we have definitely the the, the puffy uh, Let's style explore the styles. Yes, yes. I mean, so, there is definitely uh, some, explore, some some exploring going on there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's, so we uh, have a seated gentleman and and his very very good friend standing near him, showing off the blousing uh, of his shirt and a a very cool feature of his of his trousers that relates to his uh, his profession. That the impressed young man, who's I I think in fact wearing a cravat, it looks um, like it. Yes, yeah, a very peculiar low lapel on his shirt. Uh, and a lovely it looks like a looks like a velvet frock coat yes. and a cool hairstyle long long hair to the shoulder length hair whereas the other man has a more mussed up hairstyle and he's sporting a bit of a beard yeah this this has to be the the rakish dashing rooster tamer oh yes Alan DeGeneres mm-hmm. <laughs> Who is one of the protagonists of, of yes. this book. Uh, and the other one is Simon Love. And he is the, the young butter churner in the employ of Alan DeGeneres' mother's... Oh, his mother built the family fortune on uh, nut buttering. And since then, she's, she's acquired some employees, including young Simon Love. And I think in the background, at first I thought it was a, a portrait, maybe of the, the, the late father oh, of uh, the I boy. Thought. But I do, in retrospect, think it is actually a mirror. Oh, what yes. we're seeing is Aloysius Gigglestick the butler. <laughs> yes. He's got yes. a slightly shocked expression on his face. Uh, uh, he's uh, a bit of a, I mean, a bit of a puckish figure in the in the book. Obviously, it was incredibly improper for for these young two men of different social standings yes. to become such very, very, very good and, friends. Uh, yeah, Gosh, he's, uh, he's, good he's, friends he's uh, Alan's uh, phallet. Ah, his manservant, his right hand, whose family has served the uh, the lords and ladies of the estate Brokeback Manor for many generations. <laughs> Well, ever since the uh, the nut butter fortune started coming in big, yeah. people been... are just crazy for nut butter, aren't they? Like... I can't believe it's nut butter. <laughs> what a what a droll joke that was! But yes, grinding up pistachios and and hazelnuts and obviously the the classic peanut. You can't beat the classics. But even if you yes. take something like like almond. I mean that's that's almost marzipan if you oh, grind yeah, it up. Just add sugar and you've got. Uh, yeah. It was uh, it was highly prized among the uh, the classical Arabs, if I'm not mistaken. It was a delicacy for the aristocracy with some uh, with some sugar. Oh. Yeah, essentially, yeah. almond paste. It was, yeah. oh, it was it's delicious. Seems to make you all it is. It can make me up for a croissant, like those croissanty things that you get in the French uh, French regions. You mean croissants? No, no, they're not croissants. They're like oh. they're, they're 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 like flaky pastries, but they've got like a filling of almond almondy pasty filling, <gasps> filling, and they that are abs- and they are absolutely. Amazing, yes. That exi- well, so yeah, so, so the helps you are. I like, <laughs> think the yeah. beagle, the beagle three two is on a bit of this. <laughs> yeah, the three eagle may make a pit stop. Three eagle two uh, in the yeah in the Vanoise region of France, where they. <laughs> oh, I thought there was a. Uh, I thought that it was a, a joke there with noir being uh, being French for nuts. No. Well, so, it's just a region. It's like the skiing area. I think, or is it the Savoy? I think it's the Savoy actually, but yeah, also known for its wine and fondue. So oh. I'm sure you would like. Uh, you'd do well there. You know, you'd think so. Fondue. The flavor of fondue yeah. cheeses is is not like You're something saying, that I yeah. I go. I like that. I like them <laughs> much like Alan DeGeneres 
repeats Generous. several times when he's when he's talking about young how he yes. likes his cheeses. Yes, young and smooth but, and butter drippings of crumpets and, and cream filled. Yes, cream exactly. Filled, yes. Much like your your special croissants. Mm. That are, well, that's I must taste, discover. But yes, I like how they how they met. It's a it's a, it's a really cute. A meeting that they that they have obviously uh, young Simon Love is a, is a hardworking yes. butter churner whose hands are are completely greasy because of this this incredible labor and the higher lords and ladies would never deign to come down to uh, Finger Alley where most of the uh, butter churning takes place mm-hmm. but. Alan is no such stuck-up stiff. He's actually quite delighted to come down and see how the sausage is made, as it were. He does like to keep an uh, eye on the family fortune, even though he spends it thriftily, much more so than his mother uh, would uh, like him to. He doesn't want to follow in her footsteps. He is a patron of the arts, which is in fact what what draws his attention to young Simon, churning the nut butters. Yeah, he's Uh, he's driving his fingers deep into the sort of greasy, kneading it between his fingers. Occasionally, yes. like it's, it's, licking his fingers, it's a bit like just elbow like, grease, but and getting right in there, and he's just impressed with this with, with, his, with his splendid yes. technique. Yeah, and, Deft and, fingers. and while he's doing so, he's like reciting a little bit of theatre, a speech that he's been heard because, as we say, he wants to become a backstage hand, and it's like he's always like wants to show off his knowledge of the theatre. Oh and, yes, of uh, course. The, the, the two get talking, and there's you can say that there's a spark. Definitely, coming from such different worlds, they have they have so many interests in common. Uh, the social intercourse they share is obviously immensely intimate because they, they, they very quickly talk about how both of them feel sort of trapped by the destinies that their families have for them. For I mean, the, the whole pipe cleaning business is a you know thing that m- much more people are starting to do on their own. It's like, yes, it's exactly. Like, you know, not everybody has a, a personal pipe cleaner anymore. And it's like a lot of people are taking things in their own hands when it comes to that sort of uh, thing. Yeah, especially since uh, uh, nowadays you can readily acquire just a jar of knob polish. Mm-hmm. You don't need a special knob polisher to clean your pipe anymore. No, you can just you can just polish your own knob. You, you've got those little specialty d- devices uh, which you can insert oh, the, the into the plunger that you yes. sort of penetrate into the shaft, yeah. and then yeah, yeah, you kind of like. And uh, it makes a weird sound when you put it in. It's doesn't a bit it? of a squishy sound. It's, yeah. it's a weird sort of sounding kind of yes, instrument. That's, exactly, that's it. Uh, <laughs> that's I've never I've never quite understood the the appeal. See, I just like a good pipe cleaner. Right. Like, like that's mean, a, that is a fine profession. Especially when there's people taking pride in a job well done. And I mean, they, 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 they always get it in the end. you can come along and... If at first you don't succeed... Try, try again. <laughs> Alan becomes interested in, in exploring... He at first calls it menial labour. Well, certainly it's more manual labour, but yes, menial too. Yeah, as, as Simon explains to him. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't mean to be classist, but he's been, he's been raised with a certain disdain for the lower classes that has just seeped into all conversation. So I guess it's internalised. You know, you don't even realise that you're doing it unless someone is, like, pointing out the... the yeah, well, exactly. I, I loathe to use the word, but it's point, uh, pointing out your privilege. Uh, certainly. He, he gradually grows in his awareness that he's, he's always been on top, and, well, there are people on the yeah. bottom. Yeah, you can't have one without the other. Well, well... Well, one has the opportunity to switch, which is kind of what he what he true, wants to do. True. So after he explores becoming a sausage slinger, to pretty great effect, that's when he finally realizes his true calling as a rooster tamer, as he's rearing all of this cattle. Yeah, cattle when it's when it's when it's birds. I mean, poultry. Yeah, it turns out that he has a taste for chicken. 
Well, yes. He's a, he's a bit of a chicken hawk. A yes. I mean, he is also a very crafty butcher. What a fortuitous thing, that having always been a bit of a crafty butcher, he's obviously a, a, a dab hand at the old sausage slinging, mm. which, which Simon Love is immensely impressed with. Like his, I mean, he's not seen a sling like that back in his own village. I mean, there's the old butcher in town there, but he's like a little bit past his prime. Oh, yeah. Uh, he just stays in his cottage. Yeah, and he, uh, and he, yeah. So uh, being impressed with, with Alan's vigorous sausage, sausage slinging, yes. It's clear to us as, as readers that, that Alan clearly favours the chickens. Not the chicks, but... He's, yeah. he's got a taste for chicken and rooster in particular. Like he, he loves a nice, firm rooster, which is a yes. great surprise to him. But So he wants to become a rooster tamer, but how to acquire his first like stock? His, stock. Uh, poultry, yeah. I think. Well, yeah, poultry. That's one, not cattle. But yes, it's a good thing that young Simon knows a little bit more about things like that, because him being not from the big city, but from the country. Yes, exactly. So, uh, yeah, the, the, city the, mouse, country mouse. Yeah, so the two take a, a, a trip over the bridge to Pimpleton. <laughs> uh, to uh, see about acquiring some roosters for uh, Alan the Generous. And, of course, like only roosters. I mean, he, he is a little bit over-focused on the rooster taming thing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, then you have to, like, keep getting new ones. And, and obviously when, when it fails, as Simon says, oh, didn't I tell you so, my... my, my- Oh gosh, what excellent friends we are, aren't we? Gosh, yes, yes, yes indeed we are. They say as they as they row down the river on a on a, on a lazy summer's day, uh, reading punting. each other's poetry. Yes, 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 just casually punting from uh, from shore to shore. But he's undeterred, and and having having spent his allowance, he nevertheless wants to wants to get some more, and he convinces Simon to join him in some in some thievery. But how will we transport these fowl? out of the roosts well, where we steal them. Traditionally, you stuff them down your pants, I believe. Yes, indeed. And that's what he's showing off in, in the cover. His his pants have been modified uh, for budgie smuggling, mm. which also works with, I mean, the, roosters, with roosters. Yeah. I mean, you have to like make it a little bit bigger. but uh... Yeah, I mean, you can see that the, 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 the protrusion, yes. shall we say, is more substantial. But there's there's quite a big rooster in his pants. There is. And, um, and Simon is just is just fawning over it. Like, oh. He's like, what, what marvel of couture. What a beautiful... Beautiful cut of your trousers. It's like yeah. it's almost unnoticeable that there's like a whole rooster being smuggled out there. <laughs> yes, it's like, exactly. uh, of course, you have to make sensible choices which side you dress it on. But well, uh, to the left, clearly in this picture. I mean, it's a good thing that they didn't go th- to the theater. You know, nobody's smuggling a budgie. No, I mean, and then you, you run the risk of like you're sitting there, and the, like the woman next to you suddenly sees that something's poking out of the, the the man's trousers, who nudges her husband and goes like, "You see what that man's got sticking out of his pants?" Husband goes like, "Ah, oh, you seen one? You seen them all?" Yes, but. This one's eating my popcorn. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so he he leaves his ill-gotten gains in, uh, uh, I mean, it's rather an absurd place to put them. He doesn't really have a good roost, so he just leaves them in uh, this yes. banana-shaped hammock that he has lying around. It's the closest well, they, thing that, to an enclosure. They, they do go for some basket shopping. and uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, much more successful. Which is quite a substantial basket. basket you know, on, absolutely. Uh, the roost does need a little bit of room to move around. It's like some breathing room. It doesn't need to flex on occasion. You know, roosters, they're vicious peckers. Just... <laughs> and since Simon has been such a good sport and uh, and supporting Alan in his exploration of of alternative employment in defiance of his mother's wishes, he believes firmly in reciprocation, especially firmly, very firm reciprocation. He's generous and immediate in that, and he knows that that Simon. I mean, all of his family have pinned their their hopes for for uh, elevating their social status on on young Simon mm. because they being 
pipe cleaners, a moribund industry, uh, can't on hope the to. Yeah, on the decline. Yeah, but for Simon to turn their family into uh, a respected family of butter churners, certainly for something as, as glamorous as nut butter. My yeah. son comes home covered in nut butter every day. His hands are his hands are <laughs> soft and silky. So, yes, yeah. exactly. It's wonderful for the skin, isn't it? And a great source of vitamin C and protein. Right. Uh, uh, calcium, too, I believe. Various uh, other, nuts, various other uh, minerals that you... That's very good. For, I mean, nuts are like very heavy on the water production. And they benefit from some mild refrigeration, oh, which is why know. you usually store your, your, your nuts in a sack outside. Yeah, you don't want to get them overheated because then it gets no, sweaty. Uh, and, uh, you certainly don't want to eat nuts crushed. I mean, some people do. That makes for but, bad butter. Yeah, but some people like their nuts crushed. But it's oh, like, that, yeah. that's true. That's true. The, you I know, mean, you're, yeah. you're very right. To each their own. And to Simon... It's the theatre, that yes. that hall of glory. And so Alan takes takes Simon to the famous glory hall in town. Yes. Um, <laughs> Where he's a patron. He's Frequent. kneeling in the pews. It was this weird sort of combination church and, what is it, like a puppet show or I something? I think it was a performance art or something. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. I think there's quite a lot of nut butter being produced here as well for some odd reason, which seems like well, a strange combination. I guess with... Free uh, samples being given out, certainly, yeah. while, while people are gape-mouthed staring at a sword swallower... Quite some spectacular acts. It's also quite interesting how in-depth they are described in the book. I thought so, too. Yeah. Certainly like like the gymnasts and their... Several long pages of intricate... Ballet, I wouldn't call it. Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, very expressive, gymnastics, very uh, wholesome uh, works of art displaying mythical histories, such as the the adventures of Achilles and Patroclus, mm. or Ganymede, Hyacinth, and and of course the epic of Priapus and Dionysus and the and the wonderful oh, parties well, that they that, that yes. they had, uh, like the sort of jolly yes. atmosphere. It's a good troupe that's working there, uh, calling themselves the Friends of Dorothy. <laughs> that's that's right, the Friends of Dorothy. Uh, I mean, they're they're kind of a secretive group. They are. They have to. I mean, uh, I understand that certain elements in the in the clergy have have expended significant resources trying to find the friends of Dorothy. Yes. Well, that is. I mean, if there is a villain in this book, it would be the cardinal. It seems to have some near Asian connection. Oh yeah. Yeah, cardinal uh, cardinal Ramar, Anas Ramar. Yes. Also of the uh, of the brokeback Ramars. Yes. <sighs> uh, yeah, he's he's a bit of an antagonist, but he comes around. He gets it in the end. But I think the book definitely has a happy end. They do have to deal with with the fact that both of them they in order to fulfill their their heart's desires, they mm-hmm. have to disappoint their their families. That's that's a choice that they that they have to uh, make. Unfortunately, yes, it's it's this little because melancholy people, atmosphere, yeah. which is well, every of, every in... rose has its thorn, doesn't it? Yes, I and so. and and. Uh, a story is all the sweeter for having a, yeah. a little bit of bitter in it because it needs a little bit of excitement in the story. A little bit of spice like, of life. Yes, much like nut butter. Like, if there's no salt in your nut butter, like, no. what are you even eating? Exactly. There are happy coincidences. Obviously, after Simon is adopted into the, the Friends of Dorothy to mm. become a, a backstage hand, and, like, yes. a, to help fluff up all the pillows and cover the back door. Yeah, it turns out that a little bit of rooster wrangling yeah. uh, actually brings in uh, some, uh, some extra money off the books, which Alan can then use. Used to uh, grease the palms of the friends of Dorothy to yes. uh, give Simon a hand up. Yeah, grease the palms, plump the cheeks. The same happens for for Alan as well. After obviously his his mother and father are outraged at his rooster taming, they do discover because of the various resources that he had to acquire in order to maintain his rooster that they have 
potentially an untapped market in seed butter. Ah. Where, yeah, like pumpkin seeds, like yes. all sorts of this, all sorts of highly nutritious, extremely tasty seed that people would just love to just scoop up a fingerful and just, just lick it right off. Or so, just go straight for the source. <laughs> Yeah, that's for the butter churners. That's well, one of the uh, one of the great privileges. <laughs> yeah. And so our heroes. I mean, I I do love a happy ending. Oh yes, and I like to see everyone coming together in the in the in the yeah, glory yeah, hall. Like it's usually kind of an anonymous place, but now there's some good performances going on there. And very uh, impressive. Everybody, right? uh, yeah, everybody gets the pleasure of a job well done. And the, oh, there's the there's people in the, and the people in the audience. Get everyone to, leaves like, satisfied. Oh yes, uh, and it even ends on a sort of hopeful note where they find themselves once more in in Finger Alley, and Lucky. and Alan goes, oh. What, look at this walnut I found. Oh, oh what a wonderful so, walnut this yeah. is. And, so good, nice and firm. Yeah, uh, yeah. This will just help getting some butter churned up. Yes, exactly. Uh, so the, the nut butter future is, is secure because between the seed butter and, and Alan's and, and Simon's discovery of this, of this magical N- walnut. walnut. I think things went a bit, got a bit weak at the end, really at the end. But well, it, I mean, it that, the, just the, sort of slackens, the climax of the book had already passed at that point. And there's a bit of a warm afterglow. <laughs> I, had a, I had a really wonderful time reviewing this book, and I was I was so pleased that it was that it was so thoroughly wholesome through and through. It's like a great book to 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 do a completely clean episode on. It's like we, yeah. we just have to like refrain from using profanity. I did thoroughly inspect it before mm-hmm. before we agreed that this would be. The uh, uh, the explicit free episode, word, like, yes. yeah, penetrating, probing yep. uh, between the covers. So uh, I'm glad we all came out satisfied. And if you've been left satisfied, please do leave us a review of our plucky little podcast on your service of choice. Obviously, we like a nice star, but five stars is better. Like we like a nice spread. <laughs> hey, but if you really want to get in the spirit of things, how about you review an episode you haven't listened to yet and just imagine what it's about. That's uh, the thing we do. Speaking of doing things. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Kay. Yes. Was it good for you? I loved it. Yeah, me too. It, like scratched my itch. So how are we going to rate this book? Like, I'm, let me allow me just to, to, to swipe it to the right so we can clear yes. our table for uh, uh, for the rating. Now, what's a what's a good stiff score that we can give this Ooh, uh, um, uh, this fine well, upstanding piece of literature? Let's see. Oh. Obviously, 69. Oh, we've done 69 before, haven't we? Are we admitting that on the podcast? (laughs) Well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Honestly, I I think this will be our first time 69-ing. It'll be a new experience. But a nice one. I think that's a a really nice number that everyone can enjoy. So out of of 69... 68 and I'll owe you one? I mean... (laughs) Yes, that's... Fine. <laughs> That's excellent. So, uh, hey, Kay, what do we have in store for our readers next uh, week? Yes, next week's reading is F*** This Book by oh my God. Officer. Kay, you ruined it! I think, and we that, can, I think we can say that. And that about covers it. Thank you for joining us. Don't say it again. That's maybe the only one we get. Thank you for okay. joining us. I'd cover my ass. I can't believe you. Where baffling books are reviewed but not read. And we're not reading that one. Uh, by yours truly, my name is Kaki. And I'm Kay. And remember... So- what were you thinking? <laughs> this is the one that I said this weeks ago. I did. <laughs> this was fantastic.